Welcome to part two of A Girl from the Bronx Who Dared to Follow Her Dreams with April Hernandez Castillo. If you have not listened to part one, you may want to go back and listen to episode number 43. You can listen to this podcast on your favorite app, or you can listen at our website, latinobusinessreport.com. If you're a YouTuber, the Latino Business Report now has its own YouTube channel. We have just loaded 41 episodes of our podcast. Wherever you listen, give us a comment, give us a like, tell us what you think. We would love to hear from you. Now for part two of A Girl from the Bronx Who Dared to Follow Her Dreams with April Hernandez Castillo. Welcome to the Latino Business Report. This podcast covers business, people, and issues of the day from a Latino perspective. The Latino Business Report is brought to you by TAMAC, the Texas Association of Mexican-American Chambers of Commerce. TAMAC is the leading Hispanic business organization in Texas since 1975. Now for your host, J.R. Gonzalez. And welcome to part two of the Latino Business Report with April Hernandez Castillo, lover of red lipstick. We're going to talk about that, but she's also an author, keynote speaker, and actor. Um, She has a new book out, uh, Embracing Me. And if you do not know April, you probably do. Just don't realize it. Google her. Look at all her movie and uh, uh, her television credits. They are extensive. She's an actor. She's a mom. She started off as a... a, uh, stand-up comedian, and she is just a very, very passionate, determined, and kind individual. April, how are you doing? I'm pretty fantastic. How are you? I am doing great. and I, I cannot tell you how much I enjoy having you on this podcast. She really uh, really kind of brightens it up, and uh, it, it, it makes me pay attention a little bit. Oh, so, April, thank you. I, I, I see on your, on your LinkedIn and some of the stuff, Lover of red lipstick. You have to explain that one to me. I'm just kind of, I mean, I don't see that very often. It's kind of like, yeah, okay, this, this, but lover of red lipstick. I mean, do you wear it? Do you eat it? Do you sell it? I mean, so why? my dream actually is to one day have my own uh, red lipstick line. That's that's a dream. Ah, um, okay. And my love for red lipstick actually came from my mother. It's a memory that I have etched in my mind. And I remember as a child, I would watch her. I would secretly watch my mother put on her makeup. And, you know, back in the day, like they didn't have the makeup that they do now. So most Latina moms would use their lipstick, not only for their lips, but for their cheeks. And I just remember how she would use it for her blush. But it was this red, deep. Uh, lipstick and I always thought my mother was just stunning and beautiful and and so it's become a signature so whenever I do in speaking engagements most of the time you'll see me in red and I also know that red is is just a a, a powerful color um, it makes people pay attention to you even more you know all the tricks and things that we sure. do as speakers but yes, I, I said, you know what? I'm going to put this on on my LinkedIn and it's interesting how how many people. We'll be like, oh, my gosh, do tell me. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Because it's, you know, you're like, oh, keynote speaker, blah, blah, blah. But I've seen some pretty cool bios where people put stuff and I'm like, oh, that that's I like that. And shout out to LinkedIn, because that's how we met. Yeah, right. Definitely. (laughs) Uh, For those listening, I don't know. I did a post. You responded. I said, thank you. You said, thank you. Next thing you know, we're having Zoom calls, getting to know each other and becoming friends. Right, right. 
Thanks. Thanks, LinkedIn. It, Thank it you, actually LinkedIn. works. It actually <laughs> works, but it does. And I, and I really didn't discover it until like the pandemic. Yeah. I just recently had, you know, I'm old. I recently learned how to use it. I didn't know you could actually meet people. <laughs> 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 okay. Uh, for those of you who have just joined this, uh, this podcast and you missed episode one with April, go back, stop. Yeah. Just stop the tape, stop and go back and listen to part one, which will probably explain some of part two. But if you're lazy like me and don't want to listen to part one first, I want to go ahead and enjoy part two. Well, Sabisca, go ahead and stay. Uh, we'll just take it from there. So April, we've talked about your childhood. We've talked about your abusive relationship. We've talked about you getting into the acting business. We've talked about your book about transparency, your two beautiful children, how your daughter's going to be a better actor than you and probably make more money, but that's okay. Uh, you, we always want the best for our children. So let's, let's talk about a little bit. I mean, you're an entrepreneur, you're a business person. And for any entrepreneur, I respect the heck out of them. Anybody who out there and makes their own paycheck instead of receiving one who has to earn it. Um, and you get a lot of no's, you know, being in the industry, but how did you get on the, um, the speaking circuit? I mean, the, the acting, I understand, but you do a lot of keynote speaker. Mm-hmm. You do a lot of key- keynotes. You're also in, you had a, a TED Talk gig, which I watched. It was fantastic. Um, how did you get into the the public speaking aspect of things? I became a public speaker because of the movie Freedom Writers. I saw the power of story. I saw firsthand because we were going on a five city tour. Myself, Erin Gruel, who which the movie is about her life and her students. And if you've ever uh, watched Erin Gruel speak, she is a phenomenal speaker. And I think she's done several TED Talks and and really just being inspired of, wow, I went through something and I got out of it. I went from point A to point B from my abusive relationship to being into Hollywood and actually working, which only two percent, two percent of actors actually make it. Wow. And I'm in that 2%. It's not always happening the way I thought it would, but I'm, I'm in there. I have, I'm part of the acting world. I am part of acting history, um, especially with Freedom Writers. It's sort of this cult film that, that has never gone away. Um, and, and really understanding like, man, I survived something. What if I can make my mess into a message, as we usually say? And mm-hmm. and I just started speaking. I didn't even understand the capacity or I didn't really understand what a public speaker did. I just knew, oh, I can talk to people and they listen. And I'm pretty I think I'm OK at it. And and it just turned into this whole other career for myself. Well, congratulations. You do a great job. But as we both know, the public speaking circuit is not easy. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> a, lot, <laughs> at all. A, lot, a lot of people think. Gee, that's so cool. You go, you travel to a cool place, you have a nice dinner, right. you speak, and you get paid for it. You know, for that took you what, 20, 30 minutes? I go, yeah, right. I mean, they don't they don't take into consideration the prep time, the travel time, the hotels, being away from family, doing your gig, you know, the wrap up, the shaking hands, the saying hello to people, the after stuff, then getting back and then traveling back. I mean, it's brutal. It is. It can it it can wear on you. So it is not an easy um, way to make a living, but it's a way to make a living. And I think I really like what you said, that if you had, what was that? Your mess or the message? I mean. Making your message to a message. Making your message. to, And that's the important part is delivering a message. And I know when I get the opportunity to speak that if I feel that if I've just changed one person's mind or if I got somebody out there that actually listened Mm -hmm. and took 
took of what I said to heart and maybe changed your life a little bit, then everything else, it's, it's worth it. You know, you just one person at a time can make a difference. Right. Um, I've been very fortunate, very blessed. I've gotten a lot of keynotes. I wish I would have started counting um, how many times I have, but it's just like, I guess with you, it's like how many times you've, nobody returned your call. It just, there's so many, I just, just kind of go, but right. it is a, it is a crazy way of life. And, but, um, oh, and I haven't shared this with you yet. I actually um, showed a um, portion of your TED talk to a professor at Texas State University, not here in Texas. And he said, JR, you know her? And I go, well, yeah, I mean, we're doing a podcast. He goes, is she ever come to Texas? I go, well, she's talking about it. He goes, you get her down here. I'll get her in front of the students at the university. I want her here at Texas State. And I'm going, okay. Um, so Josh, uh, Dr. Josh uh, Despot, if you're listening, a little shout out to you. And we'll see if we can't get April for your, your one of your classes or to be a speaker at Texas State University. So April, we got an, you got an open invitation. Oh, um, I would I would love it. I mean, and like I was telling you, I've spoken in Texas several times. I was just there at the beginning. Well, if you of went the to year. South by Southwest, I mean, you got to come to Austin. Right. I was in South by Southwest. But before that, I was um, I was in San Antonio with San Ministries working. I've spoken at St. Philip's um, College. So Texas is is shows me a lot of love. So, yeah, let's make that happen. And like we've talked before, says have your passport and we'll do a run for the border and go across the. I'm here. I'm here the- for it. I'm here for it. <laughs> uh, yes, I love that. Uh, we'll we'll do a we'll do a tequila run on the other side of the frontera. There, we'll just go ahead and hey, it's great right before Christmas. You buy all your gifts on the other side. They're a lot less expensive. Bring them back and just pass them out. Um, so- yeah, and it's you know it's it's Jr. It's not often that I actually, although I travel so much. And and maybe you can attest to this that there are there are times where you don't have the time oh, to just yeah. go and explore because you're in and out you you're doing the Batman you know you come in you you leave the message you have a dinner and the next flight you're trying to fly back home so whenever I do get to explore and be in a city at least for a day where I'm not speaking or having to um have dinners it's so much fun it really is. I had a I had a speaking engagement in um what was it Memphis and I did my little speaking deal and I left early because I wanted to go see Graceland before I had to get on my flight to come back to Austin you know Right uh, but it's it's like you're right you get you get to go to a lot of cool places but sometimes you don't get to enjoy that city or that town that you're in because because of schedules Right So it it is a it can be a brutal thing but April let's talk about your acting a little bit Mm-hmm. Um, you've, you've have a great resume of, of, uh, shows you've been in. What is your feeling? You, you said something a little earlier that really resonated with me. Only about 2% of Latino actors actually make it. Actors in general. Oh, just actors in general. Okay. Mm-hmm. How about, how about in the Latino community? I mean, I, to I, me, to me, I mean, okay, let's just get into it. Okay. We're just going to roll up our sleeves, get into it. Right. Um, and let me give you my viewpoint for it. To me, I don't, I don't, I think that Latino community is underrepresented on the big screen and on television. There's not enough. And some of the roles that we have to take to keep working are, you know, we're either criminals, we're drug dealers, we're, you know, it's something that's very negative, which I really like some of your career, uh, what you've done in your career. You've played both, both sides. You've played, mm-hmm. you know, the bad girl, but you've also played, you know, uh, an attorney. You've played different parts and professional roles. So I'd love to see you know, uh, Latinos, Latinas in professional roles. So it kind of hurts. So 
some of our kids and our younger people or even the older ones can see. So I was getting, you know what? Look on the screen there and look, she's playing a doctor. She's a, she's a, she's a lawyer. She's a professional. We're not all just, you know, restaurant owners and, you know, cleaning people and we're construction. Right. I feel there is a huge underrepresentation in both Hollywood and on television of, of Latinos. What's your thought on that? Hmm. I think we've made a lot of progress. We have, because there are way more Latinos on TV. Um, sometimes we don't know they're Latino because they changed their name. True. And then you True. find out and you're like, this guy's from Guatemala. <laughs> you know, like, oh my goodness, I didn't even know. And there's just this sense of pride when you see someone who looks like you, um, who maybe has your, your last name and you just, there's just something special about it. I, I still don't know why I have conversations with many of my friends who are, you know, in the writing in order to get a project made. There's so much red tape that you have to go through. There's so much red tape just to get a project, you know, on television. So when it does happen and it doesn't continue to succeed, I just I don't know. It's it's something where I'm still trying to figure it out. Um, why our shows don't last more than one to two seasons. It's it's I think George Lopez is is probably the only one to do it where his show was was on for several seasons. And then right. you have and then you have Jane the Virgin. You had um, which was with Gina Rodriguez. And, and you know, she's Puerto Rican. She's actually a good friend of mine. So you have these moments where we do have shows that do end up kicking like, you know, they kick butt and they stay. I, I think because we're so diverse. Yeah, we are. We you are. know, we're- you have you have Chicanos, you have Mexicans, you have this, that you have Cubans, Dominicans, people. Hollywood is still trying to figure us out. Well, I don't think we figured ourselves out to be. I mean, and you're, right. you're and, like- but there is a there is a sense of. I don't really identify with a Mexican from San Antonio. I'm saying that somebody might feel I don't identify, especially being on the East Coast. I don't identify with telenovelas. I didn't grow up watching telenovelas. I I grew up watching Bold and the Beautiful. I know. I I grew up watching Bold, you know, my mom, Young and the Restless, because I was so, you know, Americanized. And my mom and my dad just, you know, they just, it wasn't, I wasn't that, it, then you have that, right? Like, are, am I not Latina enough or are you too Latina? It's just this constant battle. And I think that that's unfortunately how it affects how we make movies. Well, I, I'm tempted to just cut this interview off right now because <laughs> you don't like telenovelas, but that's no, okay. No, no, no. I didn't say I, I didn't I'll like them. I just said I didn't grow up watching them. And so if I didn't grow up watching them and then that's all I'm seeing on TV, it, 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 there's such a disconnect in culture. Okay. That's not what I heard, but that's a good save. It's fine. That was it's a, fine. That was a I got good it. save. We'll, we'll just move on. We'll just move on. <laughs> <laughs> but you're absolutely right as, as far as the identity, because, I mean, we have 22 different countries of origin. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're right. We have Mexicans, we have Cubans, we have Puerto Ricans, we have Dominicans, we have Spaniards, we have Latinos, Hispanos, uh, you know, Chicanos. What are we? We're, we're not a we're not a monolithic group of people. We're very eclectic. We're very diverse. And then with interracial marriages, I mean, a lot of people don't realize that, you know, over over 10 percent of the Hispanic population is black. And I, I was I was in California to give a keynote address and a gentleman came up to me. And said, Mr. Gonzalez, how are you? He says, uh, my name is Pablo Wong. 
I mean, he was combination Mexican and Chinese. And I'd actually said something in my speech says, look, if you can speak Spanish, English and Mandarin Chinese, you got like 80 percent of the globe covered. I mean, those are the those are just growing populations. And with um, with the U.S., I mean, Spanish is more and more it's becoming more and more diverse. The Hispanic population is growing. And as far as Spanish speakers uh, in this United States, I mean, it's huge. So I just with a large population. The Hispanic population is um, exceeded the African-American population. We are the largest minority. Uh, we are the majority minority in this country. But yet I'm not seeing that not only in a elected positions and on, uh, you know, city councils or school boards or, or state or national offices, but I'm not seeing it on television. I'm not seeing it. Um, I think that some of this stuff, some of the art should be a reflection of life. And I'm not seeing that reflection. At least I'm not. You may have a different point of view, right. but I guess what I'm, I'm trying to ask here is what can be done to get, whether it be Hollywood or I know we need more actors. If only 2% succeed, let's just keep, keep feeding that, that pipeline with, with people like your, your little girl and yourself. But what, is there anything that's going to, what would change Hollywood's mind or what would, what's going to have to click in their head for them to realize that is a, that is a huge market out there and we could actually make some money off of it. If we just tailor a few more things towards that market. It's just having people in the rooms as far as writers, producers, the decision makers. As actors, we are not decision makers. You just read the script. We read the script. We show up until we get to the place where where you create enough of um of 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 oh my gosh relationships where you mm-hmm. can begin fostering and 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 producing projects that get seen. So whenever we- people complain about the, the Oscars being so white, <laughs> and I go, if the script is not good, yeah, it doesn't matter whether you are black, white, Latino, gay, bi. However, if it's not a good movie, it's not a good movie. And I don't care if there's, you know, the whole cast is Latino, but if it's not a good story, then it's not going to make it into the Oscars. And people just don't understand that they want to, you know, make everything about, you know, being about politics. But I'm like, at the end of the day, if the story is not good, then why would I invest as an audience member to watch that movie? But if you do have a good script, if you do have a story that is compelling or whatever it is, um, then that's going to to make it into the Oscars. So I have like this whole thing about the Oscars being too white. I'm like, that's just what it's been. Is it changing now? Absolutely. It's not white anymore. Um, it's very political too, isn't it? It's very political. And I'm like, I d- this is the time where I don't want to hear about politics. I just want to watch a movie. You know, I want to see fabulous dresses. I want to see my favorite actor either win or not win. And I want to just, you know, not think about anything serious for three hours because that's how long it is. But now everyone is very political. You have actors speaking out so much more and it's a good and a bad thing. Well, you are right about we're seeing more and more Latino actors. And we're also seeing filmmakers and producers that are that are Latinos out there making a difference and making some of those movies. I know that there's um, I do have some friends of mine that are independent filmmakers who are doing Pretty good on the on the um, on the circuit out there with their with their films, but it's a, it's a tough business. It is. It, it 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 really is, and a lot of people don't realize. Just, 
how much time and, and money it takes to even produce a, an independent film. I mean, they can be very expensive. It's very expensive. There are so many things that you have to do to cut corners and, and, and working. I mean, it, you give your heart and soul. And that's why whenever anyone walks away with an Oscar, not just the individual, but the entire team, because it is a team effort. It is having a director who is a great leader and a visionary leading this this team for, you know, two to three months and then after for post-production. And it is this celebratory moment because of the hard work, sweat and tears and all the no's and rejections that you that you go through. So whenever any of my friends book a, books a job, I'm I'm elated because I know that they were just probably having ramen noodles for yeah. the past <laughs> month. Or even any parent um, who can sustain themselves and still move forward. And listen, right before we got on the call, I told you I received uh, a call from my manager who told me that I didn't get a role that I auditioned for that I know I was right for. And I cried in the kitchen and my daughter saw me and she has to see. She has to see how I handle rejection. You know, I'll probably have a glass of wine tonight and cry some more because I really wanted to um, do this movie and now I won't be able to. So I'll just have a glass of wine and, you know. Will you be equally (laughs) as happy and elated for the Latino that did get the role? I mean, yes. At the end of the day, someone someone is working, right? Someone they're going to be able to pay their rent. They're going to be able to eat and they're going to be able. So I can only applaud them. Um, but it's also hard for me because I just know that I wanted that role. So you you would have been better than them, right? Yeah, of course. Absolutely. <laughs> Without a doubt. Like, I'm not going to even sit here. But like, no. I mean, that's that's what being a champion is. Right. When you see MMA fighters, when you see boxers and you fought the good fight and yet they can still pick up the hand of the other champion, that really makes you stand out. And so, yes, as much as I wanted the role. I am I am equally as happy that this person um, was able to get in. And April, everything I've learned about you since we've met, you're definitely a champion, a champion with red lipstick, may I add, but definitely a champion. (laughs) Thank you. With that said, what motivates you? I mean, I mean, look, you're married, you're a wife, you help your husband on his photo shoots. You have two kids that are young, that you're young as one of your daughters has a has a starting a career within herself. I mean, that's a lot on a person. Plus, you got your own auditions, your own speaking engagements, your book, uh, book tours. How do you how do you balance it all? I don't. Um, there's no such thing as balance. I just think it's prioritizing and, and boundaries. And well, knowing- I, like your, I like your transparency on that. <laughs> yeah, I don't believe in balance at all um, because I, I don't have the balance, but I do have boundaries. I also know what hat I need to wear. So whether that's okay, mommy needs to be the actor and professional, then that's the hat I put on. And then when I need to be a supportive team member to my husband, that's what I do. And then when I need to just also coach my daughter and be a mentor and not just a mom, then I put that hat on. I don't know. I guess I just. Juggle. You, you just figure it out of saying, okay, this is what this person needs. You know, we don't manage our daughter in the sense of closing deals because I believe that my daughter needs a mother and a father. She doesn't need a manager. Because so you're not a stage mom. You're not necessarily a stage mother then. I'm not a stage mom because I know what it's like to be on stage. And I, 
I just know the the game already, which is why my daughter is probably 10 steps ahead of another child uh, coming from parents who don't know anything about the business. So I know the showing up, knowing your lines and doing the job. And and so far, it's been fantastic because people are like, wow, we rarely get parents who are not, uh, you know, hovering. And and uh, listen, I, my daughter, she booked two jobs. And unfortunately, a little girl lost the two jobs that my daughter got because of her father was very, very hard to deal with. Oh, wow. She lost two jobs. And I wonder, I wonder if he is managing her. How how that will not be good for her. Yeah. You know, yeah. so so it's it's a hard role, but it's necessary. I mean, there's no greater teacher than 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 my than my husband and I to my daughter right now. No, she's very fortunate to have you. Uh both of you. Both mm-hmm. of you. And then to get into the business at such an early age. A, a brutal business, but at the same time, a business <laughs> that I'm sure she's gonna enjoy. And it's important. It, it I mean, I cannot to me, I mean, I'm obviously older. I've been around for a while, but I really, really appreciate. I don't care how bad a show is. If if, it, if there's Latinos or if it's a Latino story in there, I'm going to watch it. Um, sometimes my wife will go, why are we watching this? I go, because we're supporting it. You know, I don't care. We, <laughs> we're going to watch it. Thank you, um, though. Thank you, because viewers like you help us, you know, help shows say oh there are people tapping oh, yeah. into the show right ratings everything all that goes into it oh i, I posted on my facebook i said hey there's a new show check it out i, I give my opinion um no i think it's great because uh, i'm one of those um i'm definitely an advocate for the arts and i'm definitely an advocate for um latino you know actors to be out there on the screen we just need more of that because to me they become role models and i like to see there again, like I said earlier, art should reflect life, and it does. But there's so many times, um, using your words, there's too many white people on the big screen. Right. And we just need to diversify that a little bit more where the rest of the world can see that America is very diverse. It's a diverse community, and there's other people besides your traditional Hollywood from the 60s and 70s. So that, that that's important. But the question I have for you. Um, before we start wrapping up and we'll get in that, that downwind here in a minute is what motivates you, April? What gets you up in the morning to go, okay, let me get the breakfast for the kids. Let me do this. Let me do this. And then to be able to, with your book, your selling, your engagements, and then to get those auditions and put on that it's showtime face and go do it. I mean, that, that's a lot. It is a lot. I don't know why I do it. I want to quit every second of the day. (laughs) I wanted to quit today. I was like, I'm done. I'm tapping out. I'm done. I don't know why I'm, I don't know why I'm doing this. This is the stupidest thing I've ever done in my life. And then I go to sleep and then I say, um, you're alive and you get to swing the bat every day. There are people that won't even step up to the plate. And you get to do something you enjoy doing. Yes. Because when I do do it, I forget all of the no's. Um, but why? Why do I wake up and do this is your question. Um, I saw my mother die with all of her dreams. I saw my mother die never fulfilling any of her dreams. And that to me is the most terrifying thing that I have ever witnessed. I never wow. knew my mother's dreams. Um, I never knew my mother as a woman. And I think about how she never had the chance to believe in herself 
And so I think about every day, how, how can I be better? How can I be great? How can I be an example for my daughters? But that really is what wakes me up and makes me just want to, I want to live. I don't want to just be alive. Got it. Ergo, the red lipstick. A tribute to your mom. Yeah, I wear that. Yeah, a tribute to your a tribute to your mom, but at the same respect, when you leave this earth, you want to leave accomplishments and stuff, living your life, living your life, and not holding and not holding back your dreams. I mean, that's yeah, that kind of hit me that you didn't even know what your mom's dreams were because they were just she never talked about them, she never explored them. Never. She She came from that era where women did not share anything. Very tough Puerto Rican mother. Just, I mean, crying to her was a sign of weakness. So I have chosen the opposite. I I cry. I allow my daughter to be there for me, especially because she's a fellow actor. So I want her to see that it's not going to always be a yes, but how do we handle the no's and the in-betweens? And I think me crying in front of her allows her the space to be there for me in a way that I was never there for my mother. I couldn't be there. When she sees you crying, does she understand why? I mean, does it scare her? Does it bother her? No, actually. It has has to bother her. Not at all. She says she's so motivating. Um, She actually wants to become a speaker as well. She told me, mom, we don't give up in this family and God is going to open up another door for you. Well, there you go. And I'm over here like, it's why wasn't it this door? (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's I mean, she's such a natural, um, optimistic child. God bless her soul, because, you know, I'm a motivational speaker and I'm I'm more of a I'm a pessimist, which is interesting. Well, as far as a motivational speaker, before we go, um, what do you speak on? What I mean? I'm just I'm just pitching you here, okay? If there's anybody out there interested in getting April as none this, you know, the red lipstick motivational speaker, what do you speak on? I know you have your TED talk, right? You talk about transparency. You talk about, but what are some of the topics that you talk on? I mean, transparency has has been um, a newer topic that I've discovered and I've been getting booked for. Obviously, the healthy and unhealthy relationships. That's been my message. For over the last 10 years, um, how to show up when you don't want to show up is another thing I speak about when, you know, I'm I'm booked for corporations because how many of us don't want to show up and showing up is so important. Empowerment. Well, that's, half, that's, that's, that's half the battle right there. It. Just showing up. Just swinging the bat. Right. So I, I learned that from from baseball. You will not hit a home run unless you have struck out a thousand times. Before you get to that home run, you have to strike out. Right. And, and, and I think we live in a world now where people don't want to strike out. They just want to hit a home run. Don't get me started. I'm not going <laughs> to <laughs> Don't get me started. I have some of the, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah. I know. I know. I battle. I battle with it because I, I, I dig the way that the new, you know, generation thinks but I also I'm like, yeah, no, you got it. It takes work. work. There's there. Yeah. You got to put in the work. It takes steps. It just some of these folks just want it automatically. So I have graduated from college. Now I need to start at a $80,000 a year job plus benefits and vacation. I go, really? I, I know. Mean, so, But listen, I just saw Vice Vice TV had a an episode of and, the, and it was the title Kids Ditching College to Become 
TikTok stars. This is a real trend that is happening. And you have 18-year-olds, 19-year-olds who are making millions of dollars off of TikTok. So why would I go to college? If I say go and get your education, and yet we know people who've gotten their education and they're nowhere near, you know, making the money that they want uh, and living out their dream. And then I have an 18-year-old who's like making a gazillion dollars because they're on YouTube and they're on TikTok. Why would an education be attractive to anyone, especially a kid of color? That's, That's, I can see that. And I guess my answer would, well, I really have no answer, but, you know, actually knowing something, going to school, having something between your ears. I mean, I've come to the conclusion, April, that common sense is not that common. And as I, and as I watch some of these TikToks, I mean, I'm happy for them. They're making money, you know, but how long is it? How long is it going to last? I mean, things, things go in phases. Uh, always get the education. I don't see why some of those TikTok stars couldn't be going to school and doing the TikTok. I mean, might as well do both. I know I, I had to work my way through college, um, but no, a lot of them just, uh, but you know what? I'm not even going to go there. You're going to get me in a whole different direction. <laughs> Whole different I mean, direction. I don't want to it, go. You know, it just, it's true. It's true. It it is. It is this. Wow. How do you how do you make education attractive to someone? And you and I understand the benefits, right? Me. If what if I hadn't gone um to Hunter College, I would have never become an actor. I would have yeah. never been introduced to something outside of you know the Bronx and the arts opened up my eyes. It's it's a battle, definitely. Definitely a battle, but you know what? Um, I hate this term, but it, but I use it from time to time. It is what it is. I mean, it's it's a it crazy is what world, it is. and I just you know, God bless all everybody out there, and I, I wish everybody success. But at the same time, some people want to take it, live their dream, take it a route. Go ahead, and uh, um, we'll just be here to kind of pick them up and dust them off and and get them going, but. Uh, I value education. I know you do too, and I'm mm-hmm. sure your kids will will uh, that you'll instill that no matter what you do. Get that education. Correct. There is so many. In fact, the the Latino education rate has gone up over the past 20 years. Before it was like less than only about 10 percent of Hispanics actually had a post secondary education, you know, wow. college degree. Now it's up to about 12, 13, almost 14 percent. So getting higher, we're getting more folks, more Latinos with master's degrees, more with PhDs. A lot of that is just due to the sheer raw numbers of more people going to school, but that's great. We need that education. You can't, Absolutely. everybody can't be a TikTok. Somebody has to build the bridges, you know, everybody can't be a TikTok star. Jeez. Anyway, on that note, uh, let's wrap it up. April, I have enjoyed our conversation so much. I Me mean, too. thank you so much for, for being here. Um, for those of you, um, once again, my name is Jerry Gonzalez. I am the host here. Very fortunate to have this podcast, the Latino Business Report with April Hernandez Castillo. And if you haven't listened to part one, go back and listen to part one. Uh, if you like what you hear, give us a like, follow us. You can also uh, leave us some comments and go to latinobusinessreport.com. We have a site there. And um, just uh, let us know what you think. April, any any closing thoughts for, for, the, uh, for the folks out there before we... Before we close. Absolutely. Uh, thank you for everyone listening. I hope to come to Texas very soon to be speaking. And if you want to 
Find me on social media. I am April Hernandez Castillo on LinkedIn. That is where I met the amazing JR. And also, if you are looking to purchase and support and buy a book of Embracing Me, they can find it on Amazon.com. All right. And how much are those books? I don't even know because Amazon, they they, okay. they have their own thing. It, but it's a, it, it's a hardback, right? It's both soft a and hardcover. Hard mm-hmm. Okay. Well, you know what? For you, Miha, I'm going to go ahead and get the hardcover. What a What a I'll splurge. <laughs> I think Folks. it's like $9 right now. So thank you. <laughs> Folks, the Latino Business Report, Jared Gonzalez with April Hernandez Castillo, the red lipstick queen. Thank you for listening, and we will catch you next time.